Tonight, would you turn to the book of Galatians? Galatians chapter number 6. I'll be honest with you, the whole virus, can we put it that way, just the virus situation, it has been difficult on evangelists and pastors, and uh, you say, well, that just means you can't travel. Well, yeah, but you know what's even harder is when you have preaching your bones and you can't preach. Uh, so there, was, there were several months where I, I couldn't even preach to anybody. I was preaching to me and probably to my family and to the trees. You get the idea. So I, I am ready to preach tonight and looking for what the Lord has for us. I'll tell you, I don't have anything special, but the Bible does. So I trust it will be a help to you. I'm going to ask if you're physically able, if you'd stand with me as you read out of respect for the reading of the Word of God, Galatians chapter number 6. And tonight, I'm going to ask you if you'd follow along with me as I begin reading in verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. And the Bible writes, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Tonight I'd like to preach to you on this subject, how to grow weeds. Would you pray with me? My Father, I come to you tonight recognizing and admitting my complete inability to share your word. So, Father, I'm asking that you'd empty me of self, and would you fill me with you? Holy Spirit, I need your power tonight. I can try, but, Lord, my efforts will be futile. Without your conviction and without your convincing of our Jesus. And so I pray that you'd take over. Father, would you put a guard about my mouth and my mind? I want to be a help tonight not a hindrance to the Word of God and to its working. I'm asking for power tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help our hearts melt under the Word of God tonight. May we see who you are so that we may see who we are. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would help us not to leave this place saying, boy, I'm challenged. But Lord, that you do a changing work in our hearts. Lord, I thank you for this church. I pray that you'd bless it. But Lord, tonight I pray that you'd work as only you can. And may these dear people, when they leave tonight, may they not remember this preacher, but may they remember the God that I serve. And I ask this the only way I know how, in the precious name and through the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. How to grow weeds. Did you know you can buy weed seed? Did you know that? Now, before I go any further, I think I need to clarify something. I'm not talking about the seed that you smoke. Okay, are you with me? Okay. I had someone very confused uh, the last time I used this title. They just didn't understand. I'm talking about, and I know you don't have them a lot around here, but you know what dandelions are? Weeds. 
Or you know those things that just creep up when you're trying to make your house and your yard beautiful and the weeds creep up. Do you know you can buy dandelion seeds on Amazon.com? I saw that the other day and I thought, you've got to be kidding me. But boy, what a practical joke. Can you imagine? You find someone, especially around here, that has a beautiful patch of green grass and you just go out and you, you buy that dandelion seed and you just sow it all over their grass. Boy, they'd get a shock when those things came fruit, wouldn't they? I mean, when they came forth and when they sprung up, you'd say, what in the world? How did they get here? But you can buy them on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, they can be here in two days, uh, depending on where you live. Have you know, ever noticed that about Amazon? They boast two-day shipping. Unless you're like my brother-in-law who lives in White Rock, it takes four days with prime shipping. I don't get that, but um, if you understand it, explain it to me later, all right? But you can buy weed seed. Now, I know, I know, I have these people come to me after I preach, and they'll say, wait a minute, Brother Glenn. Weed seed, you have to understand, if you plant dandelions, there are some good things from a dandelion. I mean, you can boil them down, you can eat them, they will help you this way or that way. You can use it in this way, or, and I've had people explain it to me all over the board. But, hands down, they're weeds. They are not fruit-bearing. Are you with me? You know what a lot of times we as Christians do? We as Christians try to do good things for God, and we try to plant what God has not promised to give fruit to. And we try to do it in and of ourselves without the power of God. When I come to Galatians chapter 6, I see a verse that most of us are familiar with. Notice what it will say in verse number 7. It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, or God will not be mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, before we go any further, I understand, I completely understand that the application to this passage has been used for years and years and years about the fact what you sow, you will reap. In other words, hey, you do what's wrong, you are going to reap the consequences of sin. I get that, and that's in the passage. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, if you sow to sin or you sow those wild oats, hey, one day you're going to reap the consequences of sin. And I've heard this so many times. Well, preacher, God forgives sins. Yes. And I'm so thankful that the promise of 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9 is still true. If we confess our sins, He, that's Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, get this, from all unrighteousness. Can we be right with God? The answer is yes, through Jesus. It doesn't mean when I confess sin, now I'm something good. It means when I confess sin, the only one who is good, Jesus, covers my sin, forgives my sin, cleanses my sin, so that when a holy God looks at me, he sees the blood of Jesus. It doesn't mean I'm sinless or now I'm perfect. It means now my sins are confessed. And get this, Jesus doesn't just forgive sins, he forgets the sin. I cannot explain that. 
Bible says he takes our sin and he throws it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. But it does not remove the consequences and the scars of sin. There are a lot of Christians who use the word liberty and who say, listen, I'm on my way to heaven. Now I can live any way I want to live. No, friend, you and I still must bear the consequences of sin. But Jesus forgives. Yes, the consequences remain. And that's what he's saying in verse number 7. But he goes on. He's not just saying, hey, listen, you sow, you'll reap. He says, God is not mocked. You know, for years I have quoted that verse. I have preached on that verse. But I don't know that I have fully understood the part of God not being mocked. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, Christian, when you sow to yourself, don't label it as part of me. In other words, he's saying, listen, if you want to do it by yourself, fine, but don't put God on it. Because God, if he's not the one doing the sowing, God cannot be doing the reaping. You say, wait, 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 wait. It said, if you sow, you reap. Right. But we stop at verse number 7 instead of going on. Notice what it will say in verse number 8. It says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. In other words, stagnation. In other words, decay. So God's saying, listen, what you do of self will only profit self. You say, well, listen, I do good things for God. Good does not mean godly. You say, well, what does godly mean? Are you ready? Godly means in the form or in the picture or in the illustration of who God is. And a lot of times we say, listen, I'm a godly person. Really? Well, why is it that I have trouble getting victory over sin? Because I'm doing it in my own power rather than going and seeking God for his forgiveness and for his power. And he's saying here, he says, listen, what we do of man and flesh will reap by man and flesh. You say, that doesn't make sense. All right, turn over with me to Matthew chapter 6. I want you to see something tonight, something that's really been a help. Hey, listen, if you have trouble understanding a certain part of the Bible, go to another part of the Bible. The Bible explains the Bible. You say, well, there's a contradiction in the Bible. No, there's a contradiction in your and my mind, and we didn't read it right or get it right. God didn't make a mistake when he wrote the Bible. And you go to Matthew chapter number 6, and I think this will help us. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Let's go now to verse number 1 for sake of context. Matthew 6 verse number 1 says this. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Let's stop right there. Did you get that? He's saying, listen. And he's using the idea of offerings of monies toward the Lord. 
And he's saying, if you're doing it so that man can see what you're doing, he's saying, you'll have no reward of that in heaven. That's the same thing he's mentioning in Galatians 6. Go to verse number 2. He's saying, therefore, when thou dost thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Did you get that? In other words, he's saying this. He's saying, listen, if you do it of man and flesh and self, you'll have your reward here on this earth. What does not have the power of God and what is not being done through God, through His will, through obedience to Him, God says, listen, you have your reward right here on earth. Keep going. He will say, let's go to verse number 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. By the way, before we miss it, he's speaking to the religious people here. The people who would consider themselves good and godly. They're giving money in the offering. And now they're praying. You know, maybe we should just stop here a minute. We do an awful lot of praying that never reaches heaven, don't we? Have you ever been in a prayer meeting before? And people fall asleep in the prayer meeting? Have you ever been in a prayer meeting before where somebody asked the Lord's blessing on the food? You haven't? I was in a church one time, and I'm sitting on probably the second row, and the pastor asked the brother, he said, would you pray for the offering? The man says, dear Lord, we thank you for this food we're about ready to receive. And then he catches himself, and he says, this spiritual food. He wasn't talking to God. You say, you're being mean. No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying. A lot of times we're not praying for God to listen. We're praying for man to listen. There's an awful lot of gossip that goes out in the form of prayer request. There's an awful lot of hazy, crazy, and lazy prayers being offered up to God. Prayers that are not according to His will. Prayers that are just after what man wants. And God says, listen. You do it for you, you have your reward. He goes on in chapter number 6. He will say, and let's go down to verse number 16. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You say, preacher, what's the point? The point is, when I do it for people to see, or when I do it to get a pat on the back, or when I do it to satisfy my own flesh, God says, fine, go ahead, do it. And if you go back to Galatians 6, he says, if you want to sow, you can reap. Make sense? In other words, God doesn't get the glory. In other words, God doesn't reap the fruit. In other words, God doesn't give the reward. He's saying, listen, if you want to do it without me, you can. I'll step back until you're ready for me. Go back now to Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. Notice this. I've read this for years. And just let me rephrase something. There is no new revelation in the Bible. But the Bible is a living book. 
So when you read it, you'll see something different today than you saw yesterday. Because it lives and breathes and work, and the Holy Spirit's still alive and working. Go down to verse number 7. He says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall God also reap. Does it say that? No. It says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now go to verse number 8. It says this, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. In other words, he's rephrasing what he said. He says, listen, listen, you won't just reap what you sow. If you sow of the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. It's worthless. It's pointless. It'll burn as wood, hay, and stubble. We, we do an awful lot today that we put the name of God on it. God wants nothing to do with it. And I'm not speaking of politics. I'm speaking of God's house and God's people. I've heard people say, well, the Spirit led me to do this. But it's contrary to the Word of God. That's not of God. Verse number 8, he says in, in the later, latter part of the verse, he says, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting you say what's the point here's what he's saying he says if you sow you'll reap but but if you let God sow he says the spirit sow then the spirit can reap how does the spirit reap when we get to heaven we will see what we've laid up for eternity you see he tells us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where neither rust nor moth doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. And listen, we're laying up a lot of treasures on earth that are pointless. You say, well, it gives me pleasure. God didn't create us to give us pleasure. He created us to give Him glory. And he's saying in verse number 8, okay, stop doing it afresh. Instead, run to me. Let me give you power to sow to the Spirit. And then I can reap the benefits. That's what he's saying. But we're planting an awful lot of weeds. They look pretty, but they have no lasting fruit. And God is saying, so let me do it. And notice what he bears. It'll say in verse number 8, reap life everlasting maybe it's just me but until about two weeks ago I had the idea that everlasting life started when I died you ever thought about that we preach on hey come to Jesus and get everlasting life in other words you can spend forever in heaven no that's not where everlasting life starts. It starts when I come to Jesus. Because at that point, I can have life and life more abundant. That's what he's saying. 
What he's saying is let me step in. Let me show you everlasting life that starts at the point of salvation. In other words, hey, I have everlasting life now. I don't have to be saying, well, you know what? Everlasting life, when I get to heaven, woo, it's going to be wonderful. Yes, but it's supposed to be wonderful now, Christian. Because I can walk and talk with the Holy God. I can see Him work. You know what we try to do? We try to do what God's will is in our own flesh, in our own power. And God says, stop, stop. Be still and know that I am God. Stand still and see the salvation of God. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor. I understand we can apply that verse to the lost that need to come to Jesus. But he says in the passage, all ye that labor. You're working. You're doing good things. Instead, come to me and I will give you rest. Do you know, Christian, that in New Testament Christianity, the Sabbath isn't just on Saturday. We should have the Sabbath every single day. You say that means coming to church? No, no, no. Go to the book of Hebrews. And he talks about rest. Rest in Jesus. Why? Because he's already finished it. So come. And let him do the work. Hey, listen, in order to have joy, I need Jesus. There are an awful lot of sorry-looking people today in our churches. They look like a bass with chap lips. You know what I mean? I mean, just dragging the floor. I've gotten to where I don't ask very many church people how they're doing. Because I don't really want to know. People don't say, oh, I'm doing fine, brother. They don't do that anymore. They tell you everything that's wrong. Wait a minute. Joy in Jesus is lasting no matter the circumstances. No matter what politics or the world, excuse me, or the virus say. I'm not downplaying the virus. I'm saying Jesus is more powerful. And we're so concerned about the modern times and about what the struggles of life are that we've forgotten we can still have joy in Jesus. Then stop focusing on the flesh. Start focusing on God. Or how about this? Boy, we need answered prayer. And I don't know where God is today. God didn't change. When did he stop answering prayer? I'll tell you. You ready? He stopped answering prayer when we stopped praying to him. Preacher, I pray. Really? And when was the last time we stepped back and we said, God, here's the problem. You solve it. I'm stepping back. You say, I don't understand. How about this? We have financial trouble. We pray. God doesn't answer right away. And so we pull out the credit card. I'm not against credit cards. I understand in today's society, most people use them. But the reason we're not seeing God answer prayer is because before God can, we step in and try to do it for Him. How about seeing real fruit? 
You say, preacher, I heard this recently. We're not seeing people saved. Whose fault is that? Preacher, the times that we live in, people don't want Jesus. People never have wanted Jesus. But they need him. I heard this recently. Preacher, our church doesn't knock doors anymore. We don't soul win anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Friends, let me tell you something. It never did work. Oh, preacher. No, soul winning and knocking doors didn't work. You know what did work? Jesus. So that's why we soul win and knock doors. But you know what the least attended time in our churches for every single week of the year is? It's when we go forth and tell people about Jesus. Now, I don't, I don't know what you all do here. I have no idea. But I do know that Jesus' command was to give the gospel. And by the way, that, was not, that command was not given to the pastor. That command was not given to the deacon. You know who the command was given to? Christians. When was the last time we told someone about Jesus? Well, preacher, I just don't know if I could do it. Why don't you just take a tract and show them what the Bible says? I guess it would be good if you get a tract that has the Bible in it. I've seen an awful lot of churches that have nothing but pray this prayer. Prayer doesn't save. Jesus saves. Now, I pray because I talk to Jesus. But God wants to work. Then it's time that we come to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to stop trying to do it by myself. I need you. That's what prayer meeting is all about. Prayer meeting is not so much about bringing our request before God, although that's part of it. You know what prayer meeting is about? God, if you don't show up, we're done. God, I need you. I need you in my home. I need you in my church. I need you in my life. That's prayer. And you come down to these verses and he says, listen, stop with the flesh. Stop with self. Instead, so to God. Let God do it through you. Let God's power reign so that God can reap. You say, I go down to verse number 9. He will say this, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You say, preacher, I've been sowing for God a long time, and I haven't reaped very much. Friend, you sow to God. It's not about you reaping anything. It's about Him reaping. Do you know why we work for Jesus? First of all, because of obedience. Jesus did not save me to sit and warm a pew. He saved me to serve him. Preacher, I haven't seen rewards. Right. Because you haven't reached heaven yet. You say, well, aren't there rewards here on this earth? Yes, the peace of serving Jesus. But you know what the real rewards are? Stepping on heaven's shores and seeing my Savior 
smile. You say, preacher, I thought we'd hear well done. I'm afraid most of us won't. I don't know that I will. But if my Jesus just smiles, it'll be worth it. Preacher, I don't understand. Jesus gave everything. And we'd rather do it in flesh and self. And he says, stop. I paid the price. I offer victory. Just come to me. This summer, I had the privilege of working at the West Branch of the Bill Rice Ranch. Preaching every day, but when I wasn't preaching, I was the maintenance guy. You know what that means at a camp, right? Every day you're fixing a toilet, or you're hanging a tarp to keep kids out of rain, etc. You name it, it happens at camp, behind the scenes. My two-year-old, she kept asking to go with me, and she said, Daddy man, I go to work with you. I said, sure, and we'd ride the golfy. That's what she called the golf cart. We'd ride the golfie and we'd go all over the camp and be working on things. And if she worked, she got what she called an eagle coin. Do you know what that is? A quarter. Now, I know it's hard to find one with an eagle on it today, but she really likes the eagle. You say, you should teach your kids to work without pay. All right, maybe chores at home. But when they step out of the home, the same principle applies. When you work, you get reward. She gets an eagle coin. If she worked without complaining, she got two eagle coins. You say, she's two years old. And? Child labor. No. She wanted to. And she had little jobs, you know, stack up the little wood blocks once I was done cutting or something like that. One day I took her to the snack shop. She had two eagle coins. In our house, I-keem, or ice cream, is a big deal. It's a really big deal. If we go to town, my daughter asked me, she said, Daddy man, Go get big Ikeem. That just means something other than from the freezer. I took her to the store. And she walked up with her two little eagle coins. And she held them up to the snack shop lady and asked for an Ikeem. But the ice cream cost a dollar. She said, what'd you do? I paid for it. What would you do? So she gave her two little eagle coins to the lady. And when Audrey wasn't looking, I gave the lady my two eagle coins. And Audrey got an Ike. You say, oh, that's so sweet. Let me ask you something. Beyond that, who had the best time? Your daughter. She got the Ike. 
she enjoyed the ice cream for about all oh, five minutes. And once it was either gone or all over her, she forgot all about it. You know who had the best time? Daddy man. You say, why? I mean, you had to pay 50 cent. Yeah. But if I didn't, she couldn't. You say, what's your point? God's saying, listen, you can have the benefits when you sow to me. But God says, when you come to me to sow, I'll reap the best benefits because I can lay them in store in heaven. Friends, we're doing an awful lot of good that's not godly. Or we're doing an awful lot of work that has not the power of God on it. We do an awful lot of trying without trusting. We do an awful lot for God without faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Friends, I'm not asking what you do for God. I'm asking, when was the last time we let God do it through us? Heads bowed, eyes closed.